Hey guys, welcome back to another episode of So True with Sophie Ross. I'm your host, Sophie Ross. This podcast is sponsored by Adore Me. I just got the best strapless bras and swimwear for summer. Use my code SOTRUE10 for $10 off your next order on adoreme.com so you can stock up for summer too. I am joined today by a very exciting guest, Sarah Levine, editor-in-chief of Betches.com and host of Not Another True Crime podcast and Am I the Asshole podcast. We chat about everything from from Sarah's background and how she got to where she is, a little true crime chatter, the ultimatum, so much to say about that show, Summer House, the latest Kardashian conspiracy theory with a K, and a lot more. So I hope you enjoy the show. Welcome to the show. I'm so excited to have you. I know. I, I'm so excited to talk to you. I think we only spoke on the phone like one or two times before. Yes. Yes. Because, okay, so I will introduce you. <laughs> Sorry. This is this is Sarah Levine. She is the editor-in-chief of Betches.com. She is host of two podcasts, Not Another True Crime podcast, and... Um, Am I the asshole podcast? I just said it. I it just slipped my mind. <laughs> um, Sarah, I am so excited to have you on. And yeah, so Sarah and I have a previous relationship because I've written for Betches before, and I've been following you for so long now. You just have such great takes. So thank you. Yeah, Sarah, tell us a little bit about you. Where are you from, and like, how did you get your start and make it make it all the way to the top? Yeah, I I would say it came down to just like determination and like not going away. <laughs> um so I I'm from Long Island, which like big shocker, you know. <laughs> um <laughs> But I was just like a Betches super fan, like back in the days when it was a WordPress blog. And I remember in where I was abroad, so it was 2012 when they put out like a call for interns. Um, on their website. And I applied to be an intern. I got decently far in the process. Like I got interviewed. I just didn't get chosen. Um, so that was fine. And then a couple years later, they put out a call for freelance writers. And I was kind of like, hey, remember me? Like I applied to intern. And they were like, oh, we do actually. Um, so I was writing for them. I, I did a couple like viral pieces back in the day. Um, and then just kind of stayed on the radar for like literally years, two years, two and a half. Um, and I just kind of asked, oh, do you ever, you know, if you ever need a full-time copy editor or whoever, you know, I'm, I'm on board. And, and they said, oh yeah, sure. Like, you know, we're not bringing anybody on right now, but we'll keep it in mind. Um, I, I never really thought anything would come of it, but six months later they had a spot. And so I was like, all right, cool. I was living in Atlanta at the time and I was just like, see ya. <laughs> what brought you to Atlanta? I went to school down there and I just kind of decided to stay. Great weather, good vibes. Love it, love it. I have a lot of yeah. family there. I'm actually going um, next month. Oh, amazing. Yeah, but that's awesome. You, and then you got hired as an editor and then you just stayed and became yeah. editor-in-chief. I think my title was probably like senior copywriter slash uh-huh. copy editor or something like, I don't know, random. Um, yeah. The, and the thing is like the editorial team was so small. I mean, it's almost just me nowadays. Like I, I work with a team of freelance writers, um, but, but so the 
I got, I was very lucky because I got in when it was super informal (laughs) and there were like no processes in place in terms of like getting a cool job title because it was just kind of a thing of, oh, we're we're ordering business cards. What do you want yours to say? Editor in chief? And I'm like, sure. (laughs) Oh my God, that's amazing. (laughs) Really just like luck. I'm just like flying by the seat of my pants over here. Like, yeah, all right, why not? I love it. That's amazing. Uh, and Betches has like just done such a great job of staying relevant. Um, and you've seen, I, you know what I think of? I always think of like, what is it? Total frat move and like total yeah. sorority move. And like those were huge. And then just like could not, could not keep up. But Betches has stayed relevant since I remember Betches like, I was like a freshman in college maybe when I first, or maybe even in high school, when I first started hearing about Betches and it was like the cool, the cool (laughs) thing to be was a Betch and here's how to be a Betch. And it's like, you guys have obviously evolved, but, um, yeah. Yeah. I will say that, um, unlike the sort of total sorority moves, cause I remember when that went under and I was like, damn, that's a, that's one of my work procrastinating sites gone. Um, but like a lot of these sites just haven't really stood the test of time. Uh And You're right. Like we, I mean, it started with three college students and now we're like in our thirties, people are getting married, not me, Um, (laughs) you know, having kids and things like that. So we've just evolved with the audience rather than just like staying stuck in this very 2013 mindset, which I think you find does not age well unless you want to like lean Mm -hmm. super hard and then go to the right. But that is like absolutely not us at all. So I feel like the only way is to really just evolve with time. No, totally, totally. And I I definitely want to talk about your love of true crime. Yeah, I, I'm, I would say like I'm more fascinated with it. Like it's weird to just be like, I love murder because I don't. Right, right. <laughs> um, I always tell people this and people think it's a joke, but it's true. My My parents never let us watch like growing up. I, like, they wouldn't let us watch Friends. Like, they we didn't watch Seinfeld. Or, like, even— I never watched Full House. I never watched so many shows that people my age uh, grew up watching. But we did watch Law & Order when I was, like, 10 years old. <laughs> Wait, there was no Seinfeld in your house? No. I don't know why, either. Because, like, I kind of feel like my dad is Larry David. But— I have to ask him about that. I think it might be like a personal vendetta. Like if someone's too similar to you, you're either going to love you them hate or hate them. them. Yeah. <laughs> that was like my childhood. My parents watching Seinfeld and friends, <laughs> honestly. But I remember my mom like actually bawling at the Seinfeld finale. Oh my gosh. <laughs> um, but that's kind of how I got into, it wasn't Law and Order for me. It was Forensic Files for me. Oh, that's a good one. My mom always watched Forensic Files when I was growing up, and I just, it became kind of like a comfort show of mine, which is so weird, but I remember coming (laughs) home from school. I remember being as young as, like, I think I was a freshman in high school. I would come home and, like, watch Forensic Files, and I had, like, DVR. It was right when DVR became a thing, and I was, like, DVRing all the Forensic Files episodes. Like, that's not normal, and that's (laughs) made me into who I am today. Oh, my gosh. I used to run to my friend's house, and we would watch SVU after school. So, like, literally the same. Yeah, you got it. And Unsolved Mysteries. Um, I was obsessed with Unsolved Mysteries (laughs) when I was young. Like, really young. (laughs) <laughs> and I would like watch it with my friends and they were like, this is like really scary. And yeah. we're like in fifth grade. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, we're 10. <laughs> we're literally 10. But um, yeah, I've also like, do you go on any of the weird subreddits? 
define weird. Because I mean, I'm on Am I the Asshole? Of course, I live yes, there. Yes, yes. For the course. podcast. I love uh, Bravo Real Housewives. Yes. Um, yeah, I guess it depends what you count as weird. Because I, I lurk in a lot of places. Okay, so this is a really weird confession, you guys. And every time I tell people in my life that I like look at these subreddits, they're like, are you okay? And I'm like, no. (laughs) But the first one is um, morbid reality. Ooh. And again, for both of these subreddits, viewer discretion is advised. Morbid reality (laughs) is just like creepy, morbid, dark, scary, sad things that that are real. And then like stories or kind of like facts, photos, facts, stories, it'll be like a true crime case sometimes, like a really like violent true crime case. And that's a morbid reality. Yeah. Um, And the other one, this is this is arguably worse, is (laughs) called Make My Coffin. What? And it's exactly what it sounds like. Ah. It's literally videos that have been captured of deaths which uh, I know is, and I do not watch all of them. I like watching, and I don't like watching them. It's just, it's kind of like enlightening you. It's like the show A Thousand Ways to Die. Do you remember that show? Yes, that show was crazy. Yes, uh, I love that show also. And I remember bringing it up to my, I think I told this story like literally last week, but like I, <laughs> I brought up that I was like watching that show to my science teacher in like 10th grade. And they were like, I'm calling your mom. What? I feel it's never like realistic ways to die. It's always like someone is skateboarding, like, I don't know, down a guardrail on the highway, like shit I'd never do. But they're all real ways. Yes, of course. They were all (laughs) real ways that people died. Like they were all like freak accidents. Yeah, like shit. But I'm very risk averse. So for me, I'm like, this is escapist because like I can barely walk outside my apartment. Like I'm not going to go parachuting down, I don't know, a mountain. Right, right. So, so yeah, this subreddit is kind of like it shows all the different ways you can die and like freak accidents that are caught on surveillance. A lot of them are like factory workers that get like sucked oh into machinery. I know oh. it's bad. Be your discretion advised. And a lot of it is, you know, like uh, people doing dumb stunts and the stunt going wrong. One of them was like, there was a hole cut in the ice. It was somewhere in Russia, I think. A hole oh, no. cut in the ice. And it's this tradition in some religions, I think um, Orthodox, Orthodox Russians. Okay. It's a tradition. And I'm sorry to anyone listening and it's like, you're so wrong, but that's what I read. (laughs) Anyway, you dive into the ice, you dive into the little hole in the freezing cold ice and you just, you go in and then you go out. And some of these people are doing- It's like extreme baptism. My gosh. (sighs) Some of them were doing, some people were doing it in like, speeding, speeding rivers, which why would you do that? And so then they would jump in the ice and not come out and people (gasps) were filming it because they were like, oh my gosh, we're filming this moment. And then, yeah. Mm. Or people like um, jumping on a train on top of a train and grabbing a wire. Oh God, no. Right. And like just, just car accidents and stuff like that. And then, so those are the ones that like, I am kind of fascinated by. Mm -hmm. And then the ones that I do not watch and no one should watch are cartel videos. Oh God. Lots of cartel, like, will not watch. There's uh-uh. bad stuff on there. But anyway, those are my two deepest, darkest. They put darkest. that on Reddit? That's kind of crazy to me. Because Reddit is not, like, 4chan. I think you can kind of trace it. Yeah, no, oh. you can you can put that stuff on. I, that's a good point. But then again, it's like, who's who's going to check them? Yeah. Who, who's <laughs> going to check them, boo? Really? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, no, that's nuts. I didn't even know about these subreddits. But there is one for everything, so— 
Dang. Yeah, don't judge me, everyone. But that's how deep, no like, judgment. my, that's how deep my, like, kind of passion for learning about these cases goes and, like, passion for just kind of, like, dark things because yeah. of, probably because of my childhood. <laughs> <laughs> My childhood Same. of watching, uns- that sounds really dark, but no, my childhood of watching Unsolved Mysteries and Forensic Files. And right. are you afraid of the dark? Do you remember oh that my God. show? Still have nightmares about that, about one episode with these swamp monsters. Oh my God, They come yes. and they drip goo on your head. Yes. <laughs> Those are on YouTube, by the way. You nope. can find most of them on YouTube and by, and again, I watch those still to this day. I would watch it, but just because like, I'm sure it's idiotic. I'm sure it makes absolutely no sense. And the CGI is terrible. Yes. And everything like that. Like, I should just watch it to smack some sense into my younger self and, like, get this out of my subconscious. But it holds up. It oh really holds up. And Uh-oh. Goosebumps. Goosebumps is on Netflix, I love you guys. Those books. The, the show is on Netflix. Oh, it, but I did love the books. I was obsessed. That was like the Scholastic, you know, all the Scholastic book fair memes. It's like yes. that. I, I get those goosebumps every time at oh the Scholastic God. book fair. <laughs> but remember how Jason from Mean Girls was on Are You Afraid of the Dark? Oh my God, Memory Unlocked. I would have never realized that on my own ever. Mm-hmm. Huh. Yeah. Jason from Mean Girls submitted for the approval of the Midnight Society. Oh my God. That should be my new opener. <laughs> That's great. Oh my God, I'm going to do that. (laughs) Um, Okay, Sarah, let's continue. I want to hear what you are like obsessed with right now. Obsessed, it's a good question. Um, I watched The Hunt for the Crypto King. It's very into that. Yes, and I listened to a podcast about it too, which was also very. Oh, that's legit. I don't don't know what to think Mm -hmm. is the thing. I'm, I'm stunned. Oh, he's alive. You think he, I, I could go either way. I think the plastic surgery thing is ridiculous. I'm like, he's just a generic white dude. He doesn't even need it. I don't believe the plastic surgery thing, but it's like, he's alive. Like he is a hundred percent alive. I think the death is suspicious. Um, and I also kind of hate because I watched the Jimmy Savile um, documentary yes. as well. And there's this trend now with true crime documentaries that mm-hmm. I really dislike where they try to flip it back on the public like they flipped the blame at the end back on the public. And so they did this with the Crypto King where they're like, well, you know, we spoke to, first of all, I'm sorry, no offense to that that one journalist, but like you spoke to one doctor in India and that's it. And they're like, well, if we exhumed his body, people would say it wasn't him. And if we did DNA testing, people would say we paid off the DNA, like uh, tester, that's not the word. And I'm like, sure, but there are plenty of like rational people such as myself who would be convinced by one or both of those moves, you know? So to to blame it on like mm-hmm. the public and internet sleuths, and they do this with the Jimmy Savile documentary too, mm-hmm. because at the end they're like, oh, but like, but the public made him, the public made him what he was. And it's like, first of all, you guys spent an hour and a half out of two hours of a docuseries talking about how famous this guy was and 30 minutes on his crimes. So you're part of the problem, but also like, how mm-hmm. how are you going to blame the public for not knowing what they don't know when the journalists right. were not reporting it? Like he was doing like catch and kill type stuff and like his friends allegedly didn't know. And, you know, nobody at the top is holding him accountable. The police mm-hmm. were like kind of making these cases go away as well. So it's right. like, how, are, how is it? How is it the public's fault? <laughs> anyway, that's so, so that's my dumb. rant of the day. I hate it. That's so dumb. But with the Crypto King thing, 
I, so there are actually like, I listened to a podcast called Exit Scam about it. Yes, ooh. And um, it was great. And then ever since I listened to that, I've seen so many more podcasts. There are like so many podcasts about this case. If you're like interested in more oh, wow. details, everyone. But um, but yeah, I I think the, the India thing also, apparently they were saying that it's very easy to like buy a death certificate there, like a fake death certificate. It's and probably that, not that hard to do it here. Like, you know, right. and, and just pay off one doctor. How many of us have like gone to our friend and been like, look, you need to pretend to be my former boss for a job reference, right? Like, yeah. how hard would it have been it for would him not to have pay been off hard. a doctor? Right, not hard at all. And it was like all of the little things, like the fact that he like, he wrote his will and gave everything to his wife literally two weeks before he left. Yeah. Like it just, and all of the money got wiped from the crypto accounts and no one had the the password but him and there was no, yeah. like it just, all of it together. I'm like, it just doesn't, it's not adding up. He's not dead to me. Yeah, but, but then he hasn't spent it, which is the weird part, allegedly. Wait, like he hasn't cashed it out? That's the whole thing, what what they were saying in the documentary. And I don't really understand crypto. I think it's all a pyramid scheme. I know. I get so confused <laughs> by crypto. But um, with the blockchain, the whole point of it is like you can see mm. any transaction that's made. So right. some expert, you know, was just looking up his wallet and didn't see the money like get moved anywhere. So I don't know. I do think that he was definitely intending to scam and whether he died before he completed it or not, I'm not sure. Yeah. Yeah, That that's definitely a, a thorn in my theory that he's alive. But yeah, I don't know. I don't know what to think. But either way, it's creepy. And there's also another yes. podcast called The Missing Crypto Queen, which is about something— There's a queen? There's a queen. Uh, together, that's it. We solved it. She is the <laughs> queen to his king. <laughs> And she basically, (laughs) no, I swear to God. And I listened to that podcast too. Oh, I need to listen to that. I'm waiting. There's definitely going to be a documentary on her. I can't even pronounce her name. Um, Let me, I want to look it up. But anyway, that's kind of a similar story, but she didn't fake her death. She just disappeared. She's still, she's still missing and the money is gone with her. And she made billions from this crypto scam. There was, she was, she was like, it's crypto. Hooray. (laughs) And then there was like no blockchain. And so people Uh didn't realize they were buying something that like had literally zero value. And also that podcast helped teach me a little bit. Yeah. It's like, that's on you. That was like the guy in the, in the, um, the hunt for the crypto king. It was like, yeah, tell, trust no one. Trust no one. I was like, tell no lies. Yeah, the, similar vibes. <laughs> yeah, same thing. The guy that was just trying to move his money. He was like, oh. I'm just gonna move four hundred thousand dollars. And yeah, and it's like, and I also talked to like people I know that that like like crypto or whatever, like my boyfriend, it's all like men and it's all guys that like this stuff. I feel like every girl, I'm sorry if that sounds sexist, but I feel like it's a dude thing to like crypto and Elon Musk. But anyway, (laughs) he was like, yeah, if you're using a new like crypto thing, you, you try out a small amount of money first. Yes. Oh God. I felt so bad for that guy. I know I felt so bad for him, but then it was like, uh, why the fuck would you do that? Right. Everyone was like, no, you diversify. Or even I was like, Bro, at least you had $400,000 to your name at one point. Like, that's impressive. I do not. So Right. That was props. his entire life. He sold his apartment and that was his entire life because he yeah. already got swept up in another like crypto situation. 
And and yeah. that was his whole life savings. It's like, you're just going to put all your life savings on this like weird, sketchy, like, is it a website? Is Do cryptos have websites? Is that how it works? Like, I don't even know how it works. Yeah, so I, I don't <sighs> know. I mean, I feel like crypto is multi-level marketing for men. That's like my hot take yes. of the day. Wait, that's actually as <laughs> crypto and NFTs. Oh God, NFTs. The NFTs, I like, I really can't wrap my brain around. No, I'm good on that. Like, I don't no. get why people think that like people are going to down the road care about any of this. They're like, you're making an investment. You could spend, you could like sell it for millions later. It's like, why do you think anyone would buy this for millions? Yeah, I, I do not understand. Can't be old fashioned, but I want to hold the thing I spend my money on. That's right. Like, Exactly, exactly. Or I can just take a screenshot of your stupid NFT and then I'll say right. that it's mine. It's not even watermarked. I don't understand. Yeah. That's, Wedding guess, photographers have more protection than this. Like what? But that's, I guess, another thing that's like the blockchain. Yeah. It's like, it's the blockchain. The freaking blockchain. Okay, but the missing, <laughs> the missing crypto queen, that woman is Dr. Ruha Ignatova. And I'm probably saying that wrong. Ooh. Even though I listened to a whole podcast about it, I should know how to pronounce <laughs> I feel like it. I do that too when I record. I'm like, wait, wow, did you? I'm zoned out. <laughs> I know. I'm like, I have for no six idea. hours. But um, yeah, so she made billions off this crypto scam and then um, disappeared. So look out. Good I'm sure her. that'll be a Netflix documentary. It's like only a matter of probably minutes, honestly. Yes, they just <laughs> need to acquire the rights from Wondery or whoever. <laughs> right, exactly. I feel like it's, I've been like kind of overwhelmed with the amount of content that's out right now. I actually, I, I've been looking for new things to watch. So I feel like I need some recommendations. Wait, have you been watching, you watch The Dropout, I assume? Yes, uh, that dancing. <laughs> I can't. The dancing. How to love. Exactly. Oh my God. How to love. And then We Crashed. What, it has been really great. Oh, I'm watching that right now. That is quite good. It's great. And as like much Jared as I hate Leto. Jared Leto. Exactly. I'm like, damn, that was a good Israeli accent. Like he's I nailing know. it. <laughs> I said the same thing. I keep uh, saying that. I'm like, he does such a good Israeli accent. Baba Ganoush. Uh, oh my God, he does it. I know. And Anna Hathaway is great. She's amazing in it. Like, it's just, they both do a great job as much as we hate Jared Leto, who's like a creep who should have been canceled a long time ago. It's coming. It's coming. And at least, okay, so for every action, like his Morbius role is getting panned. So it's like, okay, that's good at least. (laughs) Um, But yeah, We Crashed is amazing. And also the girl from Plainville I started that. I feel kind of icky about that one. I know. Um, I know. I feel the same. Okay, yes. I do feel the same way. And I said this, I was having a conversation with my mom about it the other day. yeah. I was like, it makes me really sad to think about how much this boy, Conrad Coco, was struggling. Mm -hmm. And now it's like his struggles are immortalized on television forever. Like, yeah, without his consent. Like, it does feel weird. But I will say it's just a very, I think it's respectful of him. And like, it, I think it is in some ways. Like, I feel like it it shows that, I don't know. I feel like it does like a good- I didn't get far. It does a good job, I think, in general. I do think that the premise is kind of like morally ambiguous. Elle yeah. Fanning looks just like Michelle Carter. She does. She's a dead ringer. She she really is. It's like crazy. And she's 
doing a great job. Um, she was also amazing in The Great on Hulu. <laughs> I heard good things. I haven't seen it. Yeah, so that's another one. Um, and then there's also Super Pumped about the Uber. Oh, but- that's next. Yeah, and so I'm like, I'm so over, there are so many shows kind of all about scammers having their downfall, Inventing Anna, now Super Pumped uh, also. That's true, that's Inventing true. Anna was horrible, but um, Super Pumped, I'm like, I need to get to it, but I'm just like overwhelmed, I guess. Yeah, no, that's gonna be after I finish We Crashed. And you know what? I'm, so when I first started working at Betches, we were based in a WeWork. This was like 2016. And- I saw flyers for like WeWork summer camp. And I was like, I'm not going to go to this. I'm not going to pay like $100 to go to camp. Like I went to, you know, sleepaway camp for 10 years. Mm -hmm. And my coworker was like, oh my God, no. Or not, yeah, my coworker. She later became my coworker and like like a year or so. She was like, oh my God, it's like, it's crazy. Like it's the best time. You should definitely go. And I was like, nah, fuck that. I'm not going to go. Now I'm watching We Crash. I'm like, fuck, I could have witnessed history. I should have paid like 150 bucks or whatever it was. Like I should have 100% gone to this. It's funny yeah. though, because from what it sounds like from the people that worked there that like were forced to go. Yeah. That they were like, fun. it sucked. It was the worst thing ever. It was, <laughs> it, it's just like they were... Adam and Rebecca were clearly just very narcissistic. And they're really the only ones that got off with $500 million, no jail time, in no trouble. They get to just kind of like, okay, he's scammed in the right way. I feel like that's just venture capitalism like that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's that's all it is. Right. You just have to convince the right people to like give you money. And then yeah. who, who gives a shit what you do with it as long as, you know, <laughs> you have $500 million golden parachute at the end. It's true. Like he succeeded where Elizabeth Holmes failed somehow. Exactly. Exactly. I think, yeah, it really is so crazy. And I guess the difference is that Elizabeth Holmes was really like putting people's lives at stake and yeah, actually lying yeah. and fabricating documents and things like exactly. that. Exactly. Um, and not just like ripping off millennials who need a place to work. Like, right. right, go to Starbucks, you'll be fine. Right. I also <laughs> love that he like thought he invented, he he just like, it, it's just real estate acquisition. <laughs> like, it's not like, like, what do you think you're inventing? <laughs> yeah. Like a keg on, on a, each floor, big whoop, you know? Yeah, like cool. <laughs> Free coffee, all right. <laughs> It is about to be strapless bra season. And unless you are one of the lucky few that does not need a bra, we're going to need them for tank tops and dresses and weddings and all of those things. And Adore Me has the best strapless bras. I mentioned last week that I had actually just received mine in the mail. I had ordered two strapless bras that I'm very, very, very happy with. One with underwire, one without. Um, And they're just perfect for spring and summer. Adore Me also has amazing racerback, t-shirt bras, solution bras that you can strap and unstrap that are convertible. Um, And it's just great to have bras that you can wear with all of your different outfits this summer. So yeah, just everything you need for the season on adoreme.com. And when you use my code SOTRUE10, you get $10 off your next order. So get all of your strapless bras, all of your racerbacks, all of your summer essentials on adoreme.com. Okay. So what I am obsessed with right now and that you may have seen on my social media is the whole mystery around Kylie Jenner at the Kardashians Hulu show premiere. 
I saw that on your Twitter and I was like, this is wild. (laughs) Yeah. So basically, if you missed my Twitter thread, they are going to great lengths to make us think that Kylie Jenner was at the Hulu premiere. (laughs) They photoshopped pictures of her. They, um, you know, had some fake looking red carpet. Um, but there are no photos for her in Getty Images. There's no proof that she was there. The only photos that we have are the ones that she released and that her team, that her private photographer released. Not which on means Getty Images? What? None. Of the 137 images from the event, none on Getty Images, which means she definitely wasn't there. And then not skinny, but not fat. Amanda Hirsch was like, she was there, you guys, I promise. But like she also- But Kim just did her podcast. Kim so. just did her podcast. So I I wonder if it was a trade-off. Like if you say Kylie was there, I'll come on your podcast. <laughs> hey, that would be a good trade. Right. So like I'm not taking that. Like it, Amanda also posted interviews with all of them, but not Kylie. What are the odds that anyone was in Kylie Jenner's vicinity and no one was like, oh, I'm going to post this on Instagram or whatever it is. Like yeah. no one posted anything. And she's not in the group photos? Like there Not are in group- any group photos. That's suspicious. Yeah, that's suspicious. <laughs> and so, yeah, she definitely wasn't there. And the reason that she wasn't <laughs> there is because she clearly didn't, the pictures that she did release and the videos she did release are very heavily Photoshopped. Oh, God. And it's very obvious. And from other photos that kind of got out of her in the days leading up to this, um, that it's just like, yeah, she just had a baby. But it's just the fact that, like, it's clearly her trying to, I don't, I don't know, like be like, this is my post baby body, you guys. If that's true, that is extremely sad. I mean. And it's harmful because a lot yeah. of women are like, wait, you just had a baby and you look like that? When it's like, no, but she doesn't even look like that. Yeah. Ah, oh, that's, but, but then, I mean, I guess I should never doubt the links the Kardashians will go to, but. Those are extreme lengths. So part of my brain is like, would they really do that? Um, remember, and I and I wrote about this for Betches actually. <laughs> I actually still have it pinned on my Twitter. Oh my but, god. But yes. um, because I really like that story. But Chloe's photo drama. Oh my god. That when one they, was yeah, they were like ridiculous. threatening legal action. They were literally <laughs> threatening legal action to these like tiny little Instagram accounts posting. It was just an unedited photo of Chloe that MJ, their grandmother, had posted. Yeah. Um, poor grandma. Poor MJ. Like, she just wants I know. to post a picture of her grandchild, and she probably got in so much trouble for that. Oh, she got hit with a cease and desist from her family. Yeah, like, exactly. Yeah. It's, like, very dark. That drama was, like, nuts, because that was a, a complete, like, Streisand effect. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. It was, like, the definition of the Streisand effect, and I said that. Yes. I, like, literally said that in the story. I was, like— no one was looking at the photo before. No one was talking about it, but now everyone wants to look at it because this is yep. the photo that Chloe and Kim and Co are doing whatever they can to take off the internet. Like, right. oh my God. I, I just don't understand that motto. Like, at least I compete to look as good as other people. Like, I can't imagine trying to compete with myself, but like a fictionalized version of myself. That would just destroy me. How do, how do they do it and why? <laughs> Exactly. Exactly. And it's like, they can't even, and I wrote about this in my Substack too, my recent Substack. They can't keep up with the beauty standards that they have set. Like they, they have set these beauty standards. Now they can't keep up with them. Like 
It's it's their own fault. And there was also a picture of Kim going around, which I also included in my Substack, which is sophieross.substack.com, shameless plug, where <laughs> Kim, you can see she actually has pores. You can see she has peach God fuzz. Forbid. Yeah. <laughs> God forbid anyone has pores or peach fuzz ever. But like now, because of Instagram, because of all of the poreless, like, face-tuned faces we see, I'm uh-huh. like, damn it, why can you see my pores? Like, it's, it is very toxic. And yes. it's like, yeah, so when unedited photos of them get out, we're like, wait, you don't look like that. Mm-hmm. And before Instagram, they just, you know, would walk red carpets and kind of like, you know, that was how we perceived them. Now we perceive them through this yeah. illusion on Instagram. Right. Oh, that's crazy. <laughs> yeah, it is very, I I always have deep ruminations on the Kardashians. It's like, everyone's like, it's not that deep. And I'm like, it is though. No, it definitely is that deep. I feel yeah. like I could, I could write my master's thesis on like reality TV and I just right. might. <laughs> yes, yes. And how beauty standards have just been shaped by the combination of the Kardashians and Instagram, like at the same time. Like yes. if those things existed in different generations or- you know what I mean? Like, it maybe could have been fine, but together it was like the perfect storm of making every woman have poor self esteem. <laughs> yeah, but we just got it. I feel like we just got a different type of it because I feel like before Instagram, it was just about being like super skinny model. And now it's, it's, I don't even know if it's necessarily better or worse. It's just even, even more specific body type. Like, it's not enough to be thin anymore. You have to be thin, but also somehow have big boobs and a big butt. And all these like other features True. that also the Kardashians appropriated. So, you know, I'm not going to credit them with starting the beauty standard at all. But it's just like, no, everything is so specific. Right. It really used to be like, okay, skinny, which yeah. is harmful. It is harmful. Yeah. And I also have been listening to the podcast called Maintenance Phase. I'm a big podcast person, if you can't tell. I've heard that's a good one. It's great. And it breaks down all of these like things about diet culture, like Weight Watchers. And, and oh, it's yeah. just hilarious. The hosts are hilarious. <laughs> um, but yeah, so that's harmful. But like now it's like everyone has BBLs. It's like, yes. when when did we, like, when did that happen? Now we definitely can't keep up with the beauty standards because no. like, if you don't have $10,000, $20,000, you're not getting a BBL. And they're really dangerous. They're really yeah. dangerous. So even if you do have that money, don't get one, please. <laughs> I know. I feel like Chloe, I remember she did this like complex spread years ago where she basically tried to just say that she did a lot of squats in the gym and that was how her butt got big. And it's like, oh, please. Yeah. Oh, that's the other thing. It's like, don't gaslight us. Like, you're literally <laughs> right. gaslighting us. Like, every time they deny, and they're like, no, of course, no. We we wake up and we do the work. We wake up early and we go to the gym. It's like, stop. Like, we know you're, that's not true. It's like. Yeah, it's not the whole truth, in my opinion. Right, it might be part of the truth, but it's clearly not the whole truth. And like, I love when either Kendall Jenner or like, Bella Hadid comes out and they're like, I'm a model. Why would I touch my face? And it's like, am I going crazy? Because your whole job is your face. Right. It's like, so they literally are like, I feel like I'm going insane sometimes when it's like, Bella, we can, and she admitted to her nose job and everyone was like, oh my God, yay, Bella. And it's like, Bella, your entire jaw was shaven off and your cheekbones now are out into the stratosphere. How did that happen? (laughs) That wasn't a nose job. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, um, I am also obsessed with the fact that, oh, 
the Kardashian special, just staying on that, on that really fast. The Kardashian special flopped. The ABC special is around 2 million viewers, a little over 2 million viewers, which is very low for a special on primetime. So Hulu does not release their numbers, but if that's any indication of how the new Hulu show is going to go, it's it's going to be a flop. Are you going to watch it, Sarah? I actually never watched Keeping Up with the Kardashians, so I feel like there's no reason to start now. Yeah, no. Don't do it. There was a great cut article by Emily Kirkpatrick, who's Kirkpatrick, who's an amazing Twitter follow also. And she wrote it for the cut. And it was a story about how the Kardashians have kind of like out. They're not, it's not really reality TV anymore. Like in the early seasons, it was really fun because it was reality TV. It was more like our Bravo shows that we like. Yeah. Um, where it was actually like real. And now it's like them just producing what they want the audience to see, which is like no fun for us. We don't need like a whole hour long commercial. Right. Especially when they're already covered in every other facet of the media. I think if, Mm -hmm. if you were only getting them on the show, that would be one thing. Mm -hmm. But you know, if I can just go on to TMZ at any hour of the day and find the same information a few months ahead of time. Why wouldn't I do that? And I think that, I I did read that article. I think that's what she kind of said too. Mm -hmm. It was too delayed. We would be talking Mm. about the Tristan and Jordan Woods thing and then they would cover it on the show six months later. Or even the Paris, Kim's Paris robbery wasn't covered until a couple months later. Like, it's like, and then by the time it airs, everyone's kind of just moved on. Mm. Um, So, and I'm reading that they were paid, they were paid Nine figures by E was an $100 million deal, I think, in 2017. And I'm reading that it was another nine-figure deal with Hulu, and I don't believe it. I think that that is coming from Kris Jenner's camp with a K. And (laughs) that is my theory, and I'm sticking to it. I think they continuously want us to think that they bring in more money than they actually bring in. Interesting. Yeah. Okay. Because they were, E probably, their their contract expired, and then I'm guessing E was like, you guys aren't worth this money anymore because your show isn't performing well. Um, And then they kind of, I think, wanted to rebrand it into, oh, we just want to stay modern with the streaming services and not old-fashioned, like, cable. Like, that's what they're trying to spin it as. It was their choice, which I don't think it was their choice. I think you dropped them, in my opinion. Interesting. I I guess I never put any thought into it, but... I know, I think about them too... Exactly. That's why I'm their biggest fan. I'm their biggest critic and biggest fan because I just keep them relevant. It goes hand in hand, I feel like. Yeah, that's how they stay relevant. Ryan Bailey and I were just talking about that too, about how I'm like, they don't have a fan base because like if you try to attack like Ariana Grande, Rihanna, Beyonce, Nicki Minaj, any of those people, any member of BTS on- Oh my God. On Twitter. The color drained from my face. I would never think of it. (laughs) You could never dream of it. You can say whatever you want about any of the Kardashians. They have no fans defending them anymore. They used to. And I know personally, but like, no, they don't. Yeah. So I'm like, they don't really have a fan base. I think their fan base might now be like more middle-aged women. I've seen a lot of moms in the comment sections being like, can't wait. Because I'm like, they haven't caught on with Gen Z Absolutely not. Everyone I know is kind of, I know that people in the pop culture community are definitely going to tune in, um, mostly to hate watch. I was going to say, yeah, there's like an obligation aspect Mm -hmm. slash a hate watch. Right. They are culturally relevant. So that does play into it as well. Right. Huh. Yeah. So we'll see. We'll see. 
And <laughs> I am also obsessed with the fact that Britney Spears is pregnant. Yeah, good for her. Yeah. It's like the one thing she wanted. I know, the one thing that she wanted. She was not allowed to get her IUD removed under her conservatorship. So now she is pregnant with her fiancé, Sam. And... Yeah, very excited for them. Same. And I saw some people online being like, isn't she too old? And she's not. Oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, like, shut up. She's not. Like, I'm so sick of that. How old is Britney Spears? Also, like, you have to subtract 13 years because— She is 40. Yeah, fuck it. But she's basically 27 because she wasn't allowed to do anything. (laughs) Exactly. You're right. You're right. You're totally right. I mean, it doesn't work with anyone's, like, fertility, I'm sure. It would be great if you could just decide to subtract 13 years. But, like, whatever. If she's happy and pregnant, good for her. Right. Exactly. Um, So, mazel tov to Brittany. Yeah. Um, Okay, Sarah, what are you—what's making you cringe right now? Cringe? Oh, my gosh. I don't know. I know you gave me these questions in advance, and I just forgot— to think Do you about want me to me- start? Yeah. Okay, so I am cringing at Summer House, Paige, and Sierra. Ooh. Paige, I did watch. Paige is such a hypocrite. I oh don't boy. understand. I don't understand how what Andrea did was wrong when she admittedly was was having her love triangle with Andrea and Craig. And when she says, you know, you've known. Craig, you knew Craig for two weeks. I've known Craig for two years. Couldn't Lindsay say the same thing about Austin, yet you're on Sierra's side? Yeah. Well, I'm, I didn't finish Winter House, so I am, like, very confused about the timelines of it all. Um, I'm just confused about why Lindsay would want to hook up with Austin because he said some pretty bad things about her, like, on TV. I know, but they filmed Summer House before— those like watch what happens live. Oh, yeah. So rough. yeah. But was it? But was it after Winter House aired? I think it was. Um, no. Winter House didn't air until the fall. Oh my god, what month is it? Oh, that okay. That explains yeah. a whole lot now. Yeah, it does. The timelines uh, okay. are confusing. Again, yeah. I hate the delay in reality TV. Agree with social media and like it just makes it. You know, we need it in real time. I know, especially because Summer House is a top show for me anyway. Um, I just, it's very interesting. The drama is like fun, but stupid Mm -hmm. and doesn't really make you feel bad. Um, And I know it's seasonal, but I'm always like, God damn it. Why do I have to wait like a year basically? Right. Every time it ends. I know. I always like miss it so much. But yeah, I think that Sierra, um, I don't know why she was, like, making it all about her. They were, like, slut-shaming Lindsay. Um, Sierra was making it all about her, and it's like, you're not involved in this conversation. Um, <laughs> Paige made fun of Lindsay for going to therapy. So there was slut-shaming, uh, and there was therapy-shaming. Uh, it was yeah. just such a bad look. And Paige and Sierra, I guess, are the are the Hannahs of, of the season. <sighs> Anyway, yeah, I feel like Paige and Sierra are kind of the Hannah, the villains of the season. Everybody gets a villain edit, like, unfortunately. Yeah. I also have this theory, like, for, I would never, I don't think I would be on reality TV. I'm way too awkward. But, like, I say as if casting producers are, like, knocking down my door. Um, but I kind of think that most people have 
or anyone who starts as a fan favorite has like a sort of third season era slump. Like where, I don't know, the charm just wears off and like, or the other castmates get get mad that everybody else likes them. So they like low-key turn on them. Like, mm-hmm. I, I just feel like a lot of people have that sort of, that sort of trajectory. So everybody has to have their turn in the hot seat, I think. Like Lindsay's had seasons where she's looked very bad. Yeah. Um, You know, so. Eh. No, you're right. You're right. <laughs> I think that, yeah, some of the behavior was really, and the wine glass throw. Like that was just like really brushed under the rug. Like no pun intended. Like what, <laughs> what was that? Like they just really moved on from that. Yeah, that was in, that was one thing because I think a, a drink throw is, you know, pretty par for the course. But not often does glass go flying. Right. It like shattered on Danielle's chest. And Ouch. the way that no one was like consoling Danielle and they were consoling Sierra, it was like all just very, very weird and weird vibes. It's like... And I also was reading this in Reddit too, that like the early seasons, I think it was on the Bravo Real Housewives, like Summer House discussion actually. And that's yes. Love that subreddit. <laughs> it's, it's a great one. It's a great one. Um, there, people were saying that like the early seasons of Summer House, yeah, we had the Workist twins, but like uh. it, <laughs> I know, I know the Workist twins, TBG, Carl. Um, but what did he call it? The workest machine gun or something like the the way they would just like talking to him. Oh yeah. Something like that. But yeah, the workest circus. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, but they were like genuinely friends, which is like why it worked. And now it's like, there's such a divide in the house that it's like, is this going to work for another season? Like, I mean, that's the problem with any show is like once you can, even like Salt Lake City, I love it, but it's also just like, who is holding this like ragtag group of women together? Because mm-hmm. like you can tell they disdain each other. So like, why am I watching Whitney pretend to chase after Lisa mm-hmm. for her friendship when I'm like, you guys both hate each other. Like, you know, so every show I feel like goes through that once they start casting too much outside. Right, exactly. It's like, it starts out, it's like Vanderpump Rules. And then yeah. they they put these other people on just to be on the show, but they're not actually friends with the cast. So then it's like a weird right. dynamic. Um, so I think that that's kind of like the issue that Summer House is having, it, having, and I still love it. And I'm still watching it every single week, religiously obsessed. Yes. But um, yeah, it's like, it it is interesting, just the dynamic. It seems like there's kind of like a mean girls tribe every season. <laughs> that's kind of like picking on Lindsay. And Danielle, <laughs> and it's just like weird, but I don't know. I don't know. Yeah, there's a, I, there's at least like definitely too many people in this house. Yeah, I feel like. Um, so I don't know. <laughs> oh my god. Um, and then another thing that I am cringing at is moving on from summer house. Unless there's another summer house thing you want to say. No, not really. It's just like what's going on with Alex. Like, yeah, keep like, him, get rid of him. I don't know. Just give him his turkey, make sure he's happy. But like, it's very confusing. Hashtag find Alex. <laughs> yeah, it's very confusing. Justice for Alex, I think. Just, you know, give us answers. <laughs> I know, I feel bad. I feel bad. Yeah. Like, that sucks. Imagine like filming a show and then they just like completely edited you out. Yeah. And we don't even know why. Like, it doesn't, presumably he hasn't done anything offensive that we know of. Right. And I think the issue is that he just really, he didn't mesh with the cast. Which is exactly what we're saying, that they bring in these <laughs> random-ass people. Yeah. 
Yeah, so… That's on casting. They should have asked him, like, what his interests are aside from eating lean meats. Right. And, oh my God, the pouring out vodka thing, I could not believe that. That was so funny. <laughs> like, who does that? I don't know. <laughs> um, okay, Do, have you been at all following Caroline Calloway drama lately? What's the, what, what is she selling now? <laughs> she has left her New York City apartment. Oh, that. Yeah, so you know about that. Yes. Like, she left it in shambles. She left right? it in shambles. Um, completely destroyed. She's getting sued for $40,000 in unpaid rent, $25,000 oh. in damages. Um, wow. Listeners of this probably already, I was just talking about this, but she was just on Julia Fox's Forbidden Fruits podcast. Oh my God. And it actually was one of the more listenable ones because, and she usually rehashes the same story over and over again on every podcast she does. She's like, I went to Cambridge and I had to, you know, build a following. And I realized that people liked Harry Potter. So I targeted Harry Potter fans. That's the story. It's Your one impression of the st- is spot on. Is that? I feel like yes. that was like a weird impression. But like, if I really- I it's kind of spot on. If I really thought about it, I could probably do a really good Caroline Calloway impression. But she does talk in like that affected voice. Yes, but very like airy. Yeah. yeah. Oh my God. Oh, it sends a shiver down my spine. But um, so she was on Julia Fox's podcast and it's Julia Fox and her other co-host, Nikki. And Nikki had never heard of Caroline before, but Caroline was, first she was like making a point to say that she comes from like, like she doesn't have a privileged background. She basically comes from poverty, even though she went to private school. She went to like a $50,000 a year private school and went to college for seven years because she went to NYU for three years until she got into Cambridge. None of her credits transferred. And so she was in college for seven years. At an international school. Like they don't give scholarships when you're an international student. They're like, fuck you, basically. Right. So that's what you need to know about that. Everything that comes out of her mouth is a lie. But um, it was so funny. And at the same time, she's she fled to Florida to stay at her grandma's $3 million condo and live there all by herself. Ah, yes, poor. Um, (laughs) Or not $3 million, three-bedroom, three-bedroom. Oh. But it's like a beachside condo, and it would still be probably in the millions. Um, Anyone who owns property, I'm like, you're doing okay. Right, exactly. (laughs) Oh, my God, I vent to my parents all the time. I'm like, you guys were able to buy a house, like, at my age. Like, how is that possible? It's not possible for us. they're like, well, I just found a $50 bill on the floor, and that was the down payment. You're like, Exactly, exactly. (laughs) And so she's saying she has no safety net. She literally says that. She's like, I don't have a safety net like everyone else does. Her safety net. It's like you're staying at your grandma's condo for free right by the beach in Florida. (sighs) Like, yeah, that is the safety net that people speak of when they talk about one. That's exactly what a safety net is. Um, so it was, it was, it's just a very wow. hilarious. And they were pu- actually pushing back a little bit. Like, they were like, why did you paint half of your microwave turquoise? Like, that's what Nikki said. Yeah, just half of it. Yeah. And then all the Insta stories would be like MySpace angled. Like, it was crazy to see, uh, like, Instagram versus reality of her apartment. right. You're like, the floor is white, but it really is that one corner. Yeah, not in that one corner. And Nikki said that. She was like, why did you not paint that one corner? And Caroline was like, because I didn't feel like it, Nikki. 
She yep. like her tone changed. It was like so <laughs> scary. It was so scary. And she was like, well, why did you paint half your microwave? She goes, because it's my house, Nikki. And it's like, but it's not your house. That's why you're getting sued for damages. Yeah. Oh my God. Um, so yeah, that actually I do recommend. Usually I would steer you away from a Caroline Calloway podcast, but this actually was a pretty funny listen. So Wow. I guess my one question is, though, like, if the landlord is suing her for these damages, how is someone else living there? No, no one is. So she was subletting it to Rachel Rabbit White. Okay. And she ended up, they kicked her out. Okay. I thought some girl was on TikTok, like, because they were showing the apartment. And she was like, this is the shambles that it's in. Oh, I didn't see. I need to be better about checking TikTok. That's just what I thought. So I'm like, how bad could the landlord Like, how put out could he be if someone else is currently living there while this place is in disarray? But I could also have my TikTok timelines wrong. (laughs) Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I know that Rachel Rabbit White, the girl, the other like downtown girl that was going to sublet the apartment, they Mm. kicked her out because they were like, you're not living here. It's an illegal sublet. And we haven't gotten (laughs) rent on this apartment in a year and a half. So bye. So I don't (laughs) think anyone is living there right now. I think they're probably going to have to like do a lot of like the microwave at least the microwave at the very least like oh my god oh <laughs> uh, yikes sarah okay so is there anything you can think of that you are cringing at after hearing my examples or are you cringing at the same things as me i i mean i feel like we're cringing at the same things i'm i'm trying to think um a lot of the same stuff <laughs> <laughs> i also wrote down that brooklyn beckham and nicola peltz got married that was, I saw that and was like Gen Z. And it just yeah, went like straight out of my consciousness. They're very Gen Z. Brooklyn Beckham is David Beckham, Victoria Beckham's son, obviously. Also, they are, oh, you know what I am cringing at? Let's talk about the ultimatum. Please tell me that you're watching oh, it. I am watching it. I'm on like episode seven or eight. And yes. I'm like, what the hell? Yeah. It makes no, they're trying to pretend it makes sense. They were like- right. They were like, you come with your long-term significant other and you pick another person to live with and then you act like it's fine that they're hooking up with this person and then you get back together and maybe get married. It's like, wait, what? I missed something. Like, how does that make sense? It's completely nuts. I think also the part for me that is absurd is the fact that all these girls are like, I am, they're like 23. One girl is literally 23, but like, they're 25 and they've been yeah. dating these guys for a year and a half and they're like pitching a fit that they don't have a ring on their finger and also like a baby already. And it's like, I mean, I know that it's filmed in Austin, but I still feel that is absurd. Like some of these couples have really been dating for a year and it's like, you don't know this person at all. I know, I know. And I'm supposed to be invested in you guys? Like, no, no. Right. Well, one of them, I I can't remember her name. It's the girl with the tattoos. Oh, yeah. Lauren. Lauren. Lauren came out and said that she's actually 30 and they made her age like 27 or something. What the fuck is that? Yeah. And there's Alexis who does not look 25. (laughs) Everybody, I feel bad for her if she is because everybody is like saying that she doesn't look 25. Yeah. It's like you're just setting them up. Like, I don't know why they decided to do that. I think that we would be more invested if we knew they were older. I would. I'm also like, get me some 30-something-year-olds in New York City who are like, you know, my I, I can't keep paying for my um, frozen egg storage after this year. Like, you know, get, I need some steaks. Like, I just I don't steaks. care about 24-year-olds 
I'm like, you guys will be fine. <laughs> like it's <laughs> exactly, exactly. It's definitely disappointing because I do love me some Love is Blind. And this is yes. supposed to be like the Love is Blind, like Vanessa and Nick spinoff, which again, why Vanessa and Nick? <sighs> I know who who died and made them like relationship experts. Right. I really do not know. I know. And they always relate it back to themselves. It's like, I gave an ultimatum. It's like, why are you admitting that? Yeah. <laughs> and that usually doesn't end well. Like Katie Maloney was just on We Met at Acme. Guys, I know oh. I listen to a lot of podcasts. I you know. Do. I don't know how you have the time. I, don't I went know on how- a walk today. That was my podcasting time. But other than that, I'm not doing it. I love how I'm like, I have no time to get anything done. I'm so busy. And then I'm like, I listen to this <laughs> podcast, this podcast. <laughs> but I listen to them when I go to bed. I fall asleep to podcasts. I actually oh, woke up I do this morning. With- I do that with Watch What Crap In, so I totally get you. Yeah, I woke up this morning (laughs) and I had listened to like eight episodes of Maintenance Phase while I was sleeping. (laughs) But um, anyway, Katie Maloney was on, um, we met at Acme talking about her divorce. And Mm -hmm. she said that, yeah, the ultimatum, the fact that she had to give an ultimatum to begin with should have been the biggest red flag to her. Yeah. It's like, you should want to marry someone who's like very enthusiastic to marry you and doesn't have to be like, given an ultimatum to do it. So like- And doesn't also have to be literally pushed into someone's arms to realize how good they have it with you. Right. But I think this show is like almost an anti-ultimatum show because everybody who went on like, I'm going to give him this ultimatum, everybody who pushed their partner onto the show basically Mm -hmm. to say like, oh, I'm just going to, you know, play a little game, make him a little jealous or her. Mm -hmm. And they're going to realize that they want to be with me. They all got fucked over because their partner was like, hey, you know what? Maybe dating other people isn't so bad. Yeah. And they're like, shit, wait, no, come back. <laughs> all of their part. Yeah, I'm like, this sucks. Why would you sign up for this? And they're all like miserable and crying and heartbroken. I'm like, yeah. this is like depressing to watch. <laughs> I, I kind of love it. It's just, it's very like you play stupid games, win stupid prizes. That is like the show. Exactly. <laughs> I will say that I have... Yeah, I'm going to do that tonight. I Because I'm on episode seven, so I still have some episodes left. I think I'm going to do it. <laughs> I'm going to do it. But thank you so much, Sarah, for joining. This was so much fun. Thank you. Yeah, this was great. Yeah. Wait, so where can people find you? Promote. Oh, please promote the new Betches beverage. Oh, my gosh. Yeah. So um, Betches, we just launched a canned cocktail well, it's four of them. It's called faux pas. They're really good. And I truly am not just saying that. There's a spicy mango margarita, a grapefruit tequila soda that is like heavy on the citrus. So it's like very good and not just tastes like tequila. There's a a vodka mule with like a little bit of pear and a lemon mint uh, vodka soda. They're good. They're 8% ABV. You could buy it on Drizzly. Um, highly recommend. I'm so excited to try it. If you need yes. my address for like the PR mailing, like just let me know. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Oh my gosh. I wait, are you worried? I know that it's not a, it's not a hard tea or seltzer, but like is Loverboy gonna be your competition? Um, I don't know. I mean, they exist in a similar space. Yeah, but, but yours is more of a canned cocktail, which I'm exactly. very interested in. Yeah, it's definitely a canned cocktail. Like, we do use real vodka, real tequila. It's not a malt. Um, so I really like it. I'm so excited to try it. Yeah. And Thank so you. where can everyone find you? I said that you are the host of Am I the Asshole podcast. I remembered yes. it this time. And Not Another True Crime podcast. And then your yes. handles. Yes, actually. So um, we will be doing a live show for Not Another True Crime podcast 
It's going to be on June 5th. It's a Sunday at Union Hall. But it's a five o'clock show, guys. So it's like very doable. You can still make it to work. Take some Pinot Grigio shots with us. That's a thing we do. Um, so please come to that. Um, and then you could also find me on Instagram at Sarah Lameem. Yes. Oh my God, that sounds so fun. Everyone go to the live show. Thank you. Um, yeah, thank you so much, Sarah. Thank you. This is so fun. Yeah, we'll definitely have to do another like just summer house rant episode because I'm there. <laughs> we're both obsessed. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> okay, thanks, Sarah. Thank you. Thanks everyone for listening. That was awesome. Thank you so much, Sarah, for joining. She is so brilliant, so easy to talk to. Make sure you go follow her and listen to her on both of her podcasts. Thank you so, so much again for listening. It means the world to me. And if you enjoyed this episode, I would so appreciate a five-star review, I humbly ask. Thank you to Adore Me for sponsoring this. Don't forget to use my code SOTRUE10 for $10 off your next order on adoreme.com. Thank you to Bob Valerie for producing and being the best. We love Bob. And we'll see you next time. Thanks again for listening. Love ya. Bye.